Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Eve Kalinic, welcome back to the podcast. How are you, my friend? Hello, hello. Um, I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, just a nice sort of sunny day in April. Looking forward to things kind of getting back to some sort of normalcy, if that's the word. Yes. Um, dealing yeah. with a house move, which is becoming quite interesting. But other than that, happy to see you for sure. Likewise, likewise, my friends. Now, uh, long-time listeners will perhaps remember Eve from when she came on the podcast. Eve is a nutritional therapist as well as being my mate. I have seen her as a patient and highly recommend her. Do you say patient or client? What's your preference? Usually client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean... And you helped me at a time when my uh, digestive issues were all over the place. But we'll leave that conversation for another time. (laughs) But you are, and it's probably quite a good time to actually speak to you if you are going through a house move to actually talk about your feel-good habits, because I'm guessing you might have had to lean into them during this stressful period of deeds, leases, uh, contracts, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. I've, um, for sure, I've been using some maybe lesser healthier habits than others um, during this this time. But I feel like having some, it's something I talk about a lot with, with my clients, is having some rituals that do help you on a day-to-day basis. I think that that kind of, particularly in the last year where it's been so, um, you know, there's been so much ambiguity, that having some of those daily ritual behaviours can help to kind of, structure the day a bit or um bring some comfort do you know what I mean in terms mm. of having that kind of regular patterning so yeah for sure okay so where are we beginning when it comes to your habits I know we're going outside for this one yes so my my first one is going for a daily walk and I know that everybody wangs on about daily steps I mean I'm not so bothered about that but just getting outside really for at least half an hour a day um I, th- I I don't know where I heard this quote but it was a walk is always a good idea and I feel as if I'm going around in circles in my head it's always a nice thing to just go out get a bit of fresh air get some perspective um so I'd say that a daily walk is definitely something that I do pretty much every day and we talked about this with that with a book, certain book um what was it called again? Make the Beast Beautiful. First We Make the Beast Beautiful. By First We Make the Beast Beautiful. Yeah. And she talks a lot about that in there. And actually how when you're walking something like, and I'm probably going to get this wrong now in terms of my retelling, but when you walk, you activate parts of your brain that would normally be caught up with an- anxious thinking. So, I mean, I definitely feel a lot less anxious. And it's something that I've actually, not just in the pandemic, but actually it's a tool that I've used um, consistently from for about three years after a family trauma so it's definitely something that I feel just keeps me on a sort of even keel if I'm feeling like yeah a bit more fear and anxiety 
It's funny because actually that's a part of Sarah's book that really stuck out for me as well. And I talk about it a lot. And the fact that the way I always remember it is it's almost like a fail safe. If you're walking, the the anxiety can't be as present. So it's like yeah. having your foot on the accelerator and the brake at the same time. You just, it just, you can't. So if you're walking, you your brain can't get into that anxious groove that it can do if you're just sitting and letting your mind wander. Definitely. Yeah, it's just, yeah, shifting the needle, isn't it, from a brain perspective. So I'd say, yeah, that's, and I don't, um, I don't necessarily even change the walks that I'm doing, really. Um, I certainly don't always have a destination in mind. But just, it's just nice sometimes to just be outside and, yeah, just let your mind sort of wander in a different way. Also not taking your phone as well, sorry. Also, some at least once a week, I do this. Um, usually Sunday because it's not you know work related day. Is going out and leaving my phone at home. I find that incredibly, incredibly powerful. Actually, oh, interesting. I always have it on, even if it's on airplane mode, just like tucked in a pocket somewhere. But that's a good tip. Um, you said then about using the same route, and I'm I'm very similar to you. So I will walk the same route of the park every single day, and then. There are times when I get back and I think, I don't remember any of that walk. I didn't pay attention. Did I hear a woodpecker? Any of that thing. And I know that sounds really ridiculous, but part of going for the walk, as much as the how nice it is just to get a little bit of physical exercise, is, as you say, talking about getting that headspace. And sometimes I worry that I do it the wrong way because I'm not actually, I just go for the walk and I don't think I'm going for a walk and I don't lean into enjoying it. So do you have a technique of actually, apart from not having your phone, do you have a technique for enjoying the walk regardless of what the seasons are and just kind of being present in it? Or do you get Mm -hmm. lost too? Yeah, I think, I don't think there's a wrong way to do a walk, is there? Just put one foot in front of the other (laughs) and it's like baby. No, but it's, I think sometimes it's just getting out there. I don't, I don't always do the same route actually I normally change it slightly but sometimes I don't and like you sometimes I'll be on autopilot particularly if there is stuff going on in my mind and it's not that I go out and I'm not thinking about things because that's that's just I mean that's wishful thinking but it's more that it's not the catastrophizing thing that can sometimes be when you're just stuck in your own headspace do you know what I mean so it might be that I am mulling over things that are going on in my life or whatnot but it's not in that same sort of loop format do you know Mm. so some sometimes depending on what's going on I may be much more present I might be looking around I might be more engaged in my surroundings and then other times it's just a way to just sort of free the free that loop thinking in a different way maybe tackle a different problem or I mean certainly writing both of my books um sometimes I get stuck you know as you do, you're a writer, and, and you'd be like, oh, uh, oh God, like I feel like I'm going it's sort of it's going through sort of glue here, like I can't really find the words. And so, you know, I just go out and just walk around, and then obviously my mind would be partly on whatever I was writing, and I just find a way of like better phrasing it, or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's not like it's just looking at the same, looking at maybe I'm gonna use the word problem, but it's not necessarily a problem, but an issue or something that you're mulling over, but just changing the surroundings maybe just changes the perspective of how you kind of I don't know work around it it's a good point it's a very good point now the second thing is also something slightly meditative that you love to do for your feel good (laughs) 
Yes. So um, oh, sounds really contrived, this one, um, to be like, uh, in, you know, in nutrition. But um, I would say that cooking is definitely something that is uh, that sort of marking the end of the day. I'm quite I'm, I actually am very ritualistic, actually, in my hours as a self-employed person. Again, you would know this um, working from home and I've been working at home for best part of 10 years. I think I've been inadvertently self-isolating for about 10 years. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm really clear about, okay, this is the time for me in the morning. Typically, that's when I do my whatever exercise, walk, yoga, um, and then I will start my day. But I do have quite clear points in, in the day and structures. And there is that moment of like, I really don't work later than seven o'clock unless I really need to, unless I'm doing an event or something like that. But emails and stuff, like that, I don't really like seven o'clock is sort of my cutoff point. And that's when mm. I, it sort of marks the day. And then what starts my evening is the pre preparing of my meal. And I find that so therapeutic. Um, so yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis, that kind of that marking, that closing the end of the day by doing that is definitely something that helps me on a day-to-day -day basis. But even in like an acute situation, so more often than not, say a walk is a good thing, but, but I might be like, oh, I'm feeling, I don't know, just I can't focus or concentrate on whatever I'm doing. And so actually then going and creating a new recipe or just making baking something um, is also, I find, really stress relieving. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the meditative process of cooking from scratch. I really do. Yesterday, in fact, I had one of these uh, box fresh vegetable boxes arrive and I yeah. was so excited because I was having a bit of a funny all over the place day. Like my office needed a tidy and everything. And I was just feeling a little bit discombobulated. And when it arrived, I just went and made some of some food from scratch in a batch cook. And it was amazing how when I came back, my head was in a much more productive and level place is probably a good way of describing it. Yeah, definitely. No, I'd say that um, it sounds, yeah, again, it sounds a bit twee, but the kitchen is definitely my happy place. And I mean, yeah, obviously I've included a lot of recipes in the books that I've read uh, that I've already written, but I definitely want to kind of expand more on that part, I think, of my business, because I feel like, you know, with everything that's been going on in the world, in fact, actually, it's been cooking that has been the one thing that has almost joined people together whether they wanted to or not <laughs> you know like we've had to cook from scratch a bit more we've had to use ingredients that we haven't used before I think people have been more kind of aware most people this is um, have been more aware about their food and cooking than ever before mm. um, and so I feel I also feel like it really drives sort of a community and um, a collective nice safe space for a lot of people there shouldn't really be any boundaries around it unless of course you're going to go and do some cordon bleu um cooking course but I feel like yeah I'm doing actually a class for Dalesford on Saturday um which is going to be really lovely just doing some cooking classes but it's something that I really kind of want to do more of and just because I feel like once you get the bug of cooking it's a really lovely thing to like a lovely tool to help day to day do you know what I mean mm. um and the the the, the nice knock-on effects from that is that by cooking from scratch inadvertently, you're eating whole food. So you're probably, without even thinking about it, doing better things from your nutritional perspective, but not, you know, forcing mm -hmm. yourself to do it. You know, it's like a nice sort of inroad into like nutrition and doing things for yourself. Totally. In fact, one of my favourite recipes of all time is one of yours, and it's the um, halloumi and tahini salad. Oh yeah, I like that one as well. 
I can't have it too yeah. much though. It's the kind of it's the kind of meal I could definitely self harm with because it's so delicious. It is so so good, and halloumi is always a good decision. Okay, yeah. now you mentioned feel good habit number three already, but uh, yoga is your jam. Yes, yoga. So again, I don't want to sound like this really like stereotypical wellness person. Um, but no, yoga, actually, to be honest, I started yoga when I was about 16, 17, because I used to be, um, I used to dance a lot. And um, actually, I needed something to sort of counterbalance that. So it sort of started there. But um, I used that in my professional, in my previous career, because I worked in fashion for 12 years before I, I retrained in, in nutrition. And I'd often take my mat with me to the uh, fashion weeks. because That's so fashion. You, you know yeah well it is but at the same time like <laughs> people will be downstairs in the lobby just getting smashed on champagne and don't get me wrong I quite like the last glass of bubbly but I'd be like no I just need to go do a few like um vinyasas but it's I mean it is so powerful in terms of like how it resets my head it gets my head straight like just as and with this last couple of weeks with all the stuff that's been going on from a I mean they say moving house is the most stressful thing you can do but I've certainly been like okay you, there's only so much you can control just do some yoga and actually it just helps again like reframe things in a way that makes it a lot less daunting and overwhelming so it's something that I I'd say that there's been very few weeks obviously if I'm on holidays or something but I would I you know that I don't practice yoga so yeah usually it's about twice a week maybe three times a week um and some is- of it's classes and some is like self-practice and stuff like this this is going to sound like an odd question, but yeah. are you good at it? And the reason why I ask this question is because yeah. I think for a long time, I used to, I mean, you and I are both friends with Katie. Katie is the friend that I yeah. talk about a lot on this podcast. And I went to a yoga class with her once before and stormed out because I wasn't as good as the other 60 people in the room. And she was like, you are so in your own head. So what I mean by that is not, can you hold the poses necessarily? I'm sure you, your poses are great, but do you feel that do you feel that getting into being good at yoga is 50% head 50% body I'd say it's 90% head tempers the poses are a consequential to the breathing and if you go into yoga thinking that you have to like do a headstand after two classes you're doing it for the absolutely the wrong reasons and I feel, unfortunately I feel this is part of the same thing with us just you know pressure from so many angles to be the best at something when actually yoga is a breathing practice that's what it is and um you know some days it depends I'm you know I don't use yoga to from from an ego perspective the whole point about I mean I guess that's what you're kind of alluding to there is that you kind of need to leave the 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 ego at the door because it's and also depends on the day like if I'm particularly stressed out, then I'm probably not going to do some of the positions that I might do if I was a bit more relaxed. And um, it is definitely much. So sometimes if I go into my yoga and for whatever reason I'm going, I've, I really want to do the X pose today. I will not do that pose. It's like uh, your mind can yeah. create almost like a barrier for you. So you've always, yeah, I think just think first and foremost, it's about the, the breathing. And I do see that a lot, like people it's not about getting yourself in pretzel positions it's about using the breath which then is essentially the diaphragmatic breath breathing which is the belly breathing that helps to kind of calm the nervous system 
So if you're like trying, you know, holding your breath, ooh, like trying to get your, you know, your leg over your head or whatever, it's kind of, you know, missing the point really. So some days I'll just lie on the, like I said, you know, I'll lie on the mat and I'll just do Shavasana, which is the corpse pose and just lie there for like 20 minutes. So that's all my body needs. So, um, but that's years and years of doing it. Yeah. It's interesting. I've only really started doing it with any kind of um, consistency in lockdown, really. Yeah. I fell out of the habit and I was like, why did I fall out of the habit? And it was because it was so cold in January and February. So it was, I know it sounds really weird, but I'd finished work and rather than get into some gym kit and get on the mat, I was just putting on more layers and then watching TV. Mm. And I was like, well, I've got to get back into it, got to get back into it. So I was finding all these long yoga videos on YouTube, like, right, I'm going to do that one and really get into it. And actually, I was obviously, well, I wasn't completing them and I was getting very distracted. I was like, I better check my phone. And what I found actually is just finding a 15 minute flow or a 10 minute, very gentle uh, yoga video was just as helpful for that compartmentalizing the day, drawing a line under the work day. So you don't need to do the big jazzy sessions to get the benefits. No. Actually, even a five minute session can work wonders. No, but I think that's the thing though. It, it does just take a little bit of head sort of mindset to just really go in, into it with that, you know, because the, the, yeah, I can understand like where you're coming from in terms of you went into a class and it was like, oh, seemingly everybody's doing, you know, all these positions and stuff like that. The, the nature, probably, you know, they've probably been doing it for like many, many years. I mean, it is a lifetime pro, uh, you know, process. Um. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, but yeah I think if you if you allow it to come into your life in a way that helps you and you think about it from a restorative place it can it can be so helpful Mm. so so helpful do you have any particular resources that you would like to share or is it just whatever whatever yes so I think another really plus point because I try always try and um, my grandmother is, well, she's still, I mean, God bless her, she's not here now, but she's very much a guiding force. Her little sayings come into my head all the time. Um, but yeah, so she, um, with the, the plus points, I guess, and looking at a glass half full from, from the lockdown is a lot of the online 
um, resources. Um, I mean, you've got to be careful, I guess, with yoga, depending on the level of the class. But, you know, even from a Zoom thing, if the instructor's good, they can check your form and stuff like that. But I've definitely found that um, the Life Centre, which they've got a couple of studios in London, but they also have online classes. They've been really, really good. They do have a lot of restorative but they probably focus much more on the restorative side of the yoga of yoga they've been really useful one of the teachers in particular is a teacher that I've been practicing with for 15 years maybe Philippa Gendel um and she's incredible and she does her own sort of online classes as well and again they're quite reasonable in terms of prices you know a lot more reasonable than going to a studio because that's mm-hmm. a legit concern for, for lots of people um so those are great and then you know, um, uh, somebody that I have done a couple of her classes and also I recommend a lot to clients, which is free on YouTube, is um, Yoga with Adrienne, which I know a lot of people already know about. Yeah. She's really great. So, again, you don't need to pay for those. But I, I also think it's quite nice to go, whether it's a Zoom online class or going into students, it is nice to do that because mm-hmm. you do get some one-on-one attention with it. Um, so those would be kind of some good tips I think nice I'll put the links to the life center and is it Philippa Gandal I might ask you to share Philippa Gandal yeah Um, afterwards that's great now talking about restorative that brings us to habit number four and a restorative drink (laughs) I mean it's like going from the sublime to the ridiculous isn't it (laughs) I'm gonna sound like a right wino actually to be (laughs) honest I think anybody that reads anything that I write or watches anything that I do or whatever knows that I love a good drop of red and I'm not I don't it's going to sound wrong to call it a feel-good habit <laughs> but because I don't drink I don't drink every day and actually I think that's very important to say that you shouldn't really be and this isn't to pass judgment but we shouldn't really use wine as a habit to make us feel good but if you're in a you know if your headspace is right and you're enjoying it as part of a meal or with friends then I definitely think it has a place in there as something as you know, as a, a nice feel-good thing um on the flip side of that what I have also really been sort of into um is mindful drinking so the whole concept of not necessarily unless obviously you need to and some people do need to give up alcohol entirely but for most of us it's just about having a balance isn't it so mindful drinking is something that I've definitely got got more into I I guess over the last year with lockdown and things like that because I think like a lot of us to start with we were like where's the wine um and now and then it was like actually you know what you can re- make some really beautiful drinks like that are just alcohol free but just have that same you know feeling of closing the day and having that nice glass of wine so um and actually we can put some links for this because there's some really nice brands for that um so Lear's they do some really great um alcohol free spirits um there's some really great soda brands um what else have I found there's another um, brand called Wilfrid's that do a bit, something a bit like a Campari. They're really nice as well. And a, oh, and a brilliant, actually brilliant, non-alcoholic Prosecco. Um, so this is by the lady who founded Thompson and Scott. And she created this brand called Naughty, which is 0%. Um, but it is so good because a lot of some of the alcohol free can taste really high in sugar, like too sweet. You know what I mean? That one's really nice. So I've found some really nice ways of actually, again, celebrating the end of the day, but not always with a glass of wine. But I'd say definitely for me, even all that aside, there is, you know, one of my favourite pleasures in life is a glass of really good red wine. When I think so, about my yeah. sessions that I had with you, when I would come and see you and we talk about alcohol, you would talk about really good organic wine. 
yeah if we if we, when we talked about alcohol and I'd be like can I still have a drink you'd be like yeah you know really good organic wine and actually I was said to you earlier I'm going to say something controversial about this and I'm glad that you went into the mindfulness element of it because I don't drink all the time in fact I have in lockdown I have drunk very very little because and apparently this is quite common with perimenopausal women but my reaction to wine can sometimes almost be like um I've just got the worst hay fever. It can happen very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah. I've never had before, but I will just, it will sound as though I've got the worst cold and my face will puff up. So I, for that reason, obviously, I'm just like not drinking willy-nilly. But then recently, I haven't had red wine for absolutely ages. And I decided, I just know, I'm going to go out and get a bottle. And I got organic red wine. And I had a, a medium-sized glass of red wine before I started cooking and my controversial thing that I was going to say to you is almost perform the same thing as, as yoga sometimes does, which is you can't drink red wine quickly. So you have mm. to slow down your breathing. You want to savor it. So actually just yeah. for like 25 minutes over a glass of red wine, I found to be, and again, I wouldn't do it every day, but I found that to be a nice little relaxer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get, yeah, I agree. And actually, to be honest, to come back to the whole it doesn't necessarily need to be organic to be good. I mean, this is a whole other podcast that we could talk about in terms of like, you know, um, it's more about thinking more about beyond the bottle itself and where the grapes are harvested. This is what I talk about. I'm actually doing a live actually about, if anyone's interested in this, about bread with the lady who founded the sourdough school, who's, I mean, her knowledge is off the chart about sourdough, but basically just because it's IBS awareness month, I see a lot of clients because we're we're recording this in April um a lot of clients with IBS but also it's stress awareness month and the two honestly go hand in hand it's one of the major triggers for IBS but one of the biggest things around IBS is food awareness and a lot of unfortunately in my practice what I, a tendency is to kind of cut out a lot of foods um when actually what you want to do is really eat as many as much diversity in your diet particularly fiber sources to help support your gut because that's my obviously my area of nutrition um but anyway the point being is that she says look beyond the bag of flour and look at the grains and where the grains have come from and stuff like that. and so I'm a bit like that with wine as well you know it it's this it's such a it's really shady gray area in terms of like organic non-organic because you can demon a wine organic and then it can there can be sort of things like the like added sulfites and things like that which can exacerbate some of the things you're talking about like the hay fevery type mm. symptoms or just um, a bad reaction to them so oh your 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 airpods just conked out so we lost you for a second would you mind repeating that so um yeah so it's about looking beyond the bottle itself and, and like i said taking a little bit more time to just um go go and visit really good wine retailers you know people people that know a bit more about wine and um you know like I say less is more so it's the same thing that I say about me you know buy better and buy less and actually really savor it you know what I mean but yeah there was something utterly glorious about a nice glass of red wine also chocolate as well I probably I should have said that's my feel-good habit because I actually have chocolate every day do you I can't I can take it or leave it no, I, I, dark chocolate for me is just, um, I, I don't, to be honest, it's, I mean, it's not, I can take or leave just like, you know, and I'm fine if people, you know, like the sort of whatever chocolate, but I, it's dark chocolate for me is something that I, 
I really enjoy it. It's like my afternoon thing. I have that. Also, I really like coffee as well. I mean, look, I'm just throwing out the big three there. Legitimately, the best and the worst thing I ever bought was a coffee machine. <laughs> like one of the, you know, the grind, the ones that grind from bean. Um, because, yeah, it's just there. But obviously, you know, the temptation yeah. is to keep making lots of coffee. Yeah. But yeah. I, I remember. Enjoy. I think that's a good ritual as well. Yeah, when I got my Nespresso machine, when I moved into my last flat, I got so excited. But then I realised I, when they send you the discovery pack, I think there was one day where I drank seven shots. <laughs> that was a day when... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's perhaps I overdid slope, it. It's dangerous slope, my friend. Dangerous <laughs> slope. Um, okay, let's go on to your last one, which is quite an interesting one. I like this one. Yeah, so uh, without sounding a bit bonkers, uh, this, is my, this is my man, right? Because my nan... Honestly, she did call herself a witch, right? But um, it's not that I'm here like dangling pendants and, um, you know, casting spells and stuff like that. But I do believe a little bit of kind of magic in inverted commas, whether it's placebo or not. And I, listen, I'm a measured person here. and My practice is based on, you know, factual nutrition and, you know, tests and everything. Yeah. However, maybe there's a part of me that does believe that there is something more you know what's the word ethereal there and so um yeah I mean and I wouldn't go to somebody to perform magic because I also think that can be a bit misleading for people we talked a bit about this where it's almost like there's a psychological thing with like people feeling that going to somebody can actually, you know, almost exacerbate worries or, or issues that they've got rather than facing them head on themselves. However, I feel like a little bit of, I don't know if you want to call it spells, but burnings of incense and having maybe just, I guess it's, it is kind of grounding in a way for me. So I might burn frankincense because frankincense is renowned for um, clearing energies and things like that. So if I'm feeling a bit stuck, um, sometimes, I mean, the scent of it is beautiful anyway. So I guess there's that part of it, which is also going to make you feel good. But it's maybe it's just about even from helping my mind to reset from that perspective, you know, mm -hmm. and be like, actually, I don't know, just that, that you, you've got the power to change things yourself. Does that make sense? So it's almost like self-empowerment in yeah. a way, um, not ma magic per se. No, I, I totally know what you meant. And we were only chuckling listeners because beforehand I was saying how I've been quite, um, I, I, I'm not a big fan of crystals and I feel, I feel like I, I, in the industry that we're in, you'll know that there are lots of qualified people out there, but there are also some people who maybe don't have any evidence-based qualifications, but they'll still promise you something and they're yeah. normally the ones and this isn't across the board but they're normally the ones who are selling you something that it's emperor's new clothes so it's rub this crystal and you will feel better but there's no evidence of rubbing this crystal will make you feel no. better or they're having yeah. this treatment so that's why I tend to I'm a lot more skeptical of it because I feel as though those things can prey on the weak or the vulnerable or yeah the weak and the vulnerable and I don't think that's particularly fair however your version of what you're saying which is creating a space where you're uh, able to think in a way that will be more positive for you or just to step out of the clinical world that you are in on the day-to-day -day basis and lean into something different I think that's actually a real positive yeah I think it's do you know what it is it's more about and I mean this in a more um 
you know, it, it's kind of, for me, it's more about kind of almost mantras in a way. So it sort of feeds into a bit of yoga where you're, um, you know, it's all about releasing the ego. But in this instance, what I, I think for me, I, what I use it for is the sort of self chat, if that makes sense, because I think our self chat mm. can be the most toxic thing sometimes. And by lighting whatever incense it is that's supposed to do whatever it's supposed to do. See, I'm, I mean, I'm clearly not a professional witch here because I forget what half of them for. But anyway, the point being is like, even if I'm lighting that, what, and I'm saying to myself, um, you know, unblock energies, like you've got, you know, clear the part, like, or um, trust in yourself or, you know, there's, there's, there's a sort of mantra behind that that, is a positive sort of self chat or self belief in a way that sometimes I think we can get into that negative headspace for whatever reasons. I mean, there's so many variables now that can impact on, on that. Um, I think social media has got a massive role to play in negative self chat. So I feel like sometimes to just step away from that and just be in a sort of almost ritual with this stuff and change the narrative there for me, it's more about that mm. really than actually believing that, me lighting um you know I was gonna say joystick then but that's going back to my like <laughs> that's the years. 70s isn't it yeah it's um it's gonna like do some magic thing it's more about maybe changing my mental head headspace or yeah yeah does that make sense it does and I think look whatever I think we all have to have this is the whole point of feel good habits we all have to do things to get us feeling good and if it makes you feel good and it's a long-term thing as well it's not just a quick fix if this is something that is tried and tested for you then it's completely valid so I love it um you're going to have to share those links with me if you don't mind um so that uh listeners can click on those in the show notes but thanks so much for sharing your habits they were brill I love them thanks thanks a lot no lovely to see you I, I, I can't wait to um meet up in irl as it were at some point soon as soon as i stop recording we're putting a date in the diary my friend um listeners the links to eve and everything that we have discussed will be in the show notes but eve clinic thanks so much for coming back on the show thanks so much see you all soon Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.